This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Ferries canceled and a trail of damage left behind. How strong winds cause chaos at Horseshoe Bay. A major windstorm also knocking out power. Thousands of BC Hydro customers still in the dark. And the deadly fire that's ripped through an apartment building south of Montreal. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us on what has been a very dangerous and blustery day across much of the South Coast. Tens of thousands of BC Hydro customers have been dealing with power outages. There's also been major damage left behind at Horseshoe Bay. Jill Bennett has our top story. Barges going under. The rental boats are sideways. Cell phone video shows when the winds hit, battering the docks at Sewell's Marina, knocking boats loose and sending them onto shore. The barge started to sink. We were noticing that they were trying to pump it out, try to save the barge, but uh, it, they couldn't do it. And we were watching the boats fall off the barge, getting tossed around. Several boats landed on the nearby shore along with debris. The wind also tore through sailboats and sent a forklift into the bay. Then the barge slowly tipped um, nose first and all the boats and the uh, forklifts and their sea cans with all the supplies and their outboard motors. This is devastating here to watch this morning. All BC ferry sailings at Horseshoe Bay were also cancelled for part of the day, leaving passengers stranded. We came over for a concert on Thursday night and decided to stay last night and I guess that was a bad idea. No ferries today, too much wind. I was going to go for the day and hang out, so kind of a bummer. With the debris in the water, it wasn't safe for our vessels to come in and out of the berth, so we had to hold off. Fortunately, the winds died down and pushed a fair amount of that debris towards the beach, so out of the way of those berths, and that allows us to keep those sailings and bring them back into operation. There was no damage to any of the BC ferries and sailings resumed mid-afternoon. For the smaller boats, the cleanup and recovery is more involved. It's unclear exactly how much damage was done or how long it will take the marina to tally up its losses. Jill Bennett, Global News. Well, the high winds and bitter cold wreaking havoc across many other parts of the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley. Thousands of people are trying to find ways to stay warm as they wait for their power to come back on. Our Julia Foy has the latest. Well, the tree wasn't down about 12 and then it had been down about 2 or 3 a.m. so I called them. Emergency crews and BC Hydro workers are scrambling to clear debris off roads and power lines all over southern BC. On McNutt Road in Mission, 50 houses are still in the dark. So everyone on pretty much on that side of the tree is they're, they're stuck. Extra crews have been brought in to try and help people who are struggling in the bone chilling temperatures, which dipped well below zero overnight. So at the peak of this storm, we saw about uh, 70,000 customers without power. Our crews have made significant progress since uh, this afternoon, and we brought down the number down to about 45,000 customers currently without power. This winter storm is packing quite a punch. That was 
That was about 74. Global News reporter Ted Field clocked winds near Abbotsford Saturday afternoon at close to 90 kilometers an hour. Whoa, 87. In Chilliwack, the wind caused a massive outdoor sign to break in half and come crashing to the ground. Cold. Oh, yeah, really cold. <laughs> so you're driving around looking for a place to get a coffee? We are, yeah. Several Maple Ridge residents without power who were hoping to warm up at their favorite coffee shop were out of luck. We wanted to go bowling, yeah. and then the power went out. Then we wanted to go to the mall to just sit, because we brought our own cupcakes and stuff. Same thing, power went out. So then we met here, and we got all our, all our coffees and stuff, but like half an hour into the meeting, power went out. At Langley Cedar Rim Nursery, propane trucks are busy refilling tanks. The power here is still on, but the frigid temperatures means 100 greenhouses must be heated to keep the plants alive, and it comes with a big bill. That's costing us probably $10,000 a night. So every night we don't have to heat is probably a, a big plus for us. But the cold snap is expected to carry on for at least another week, so plants and people may need some bundling up. So cover them with what we call frost cloth. So Julia Foy, Global cloth. News. And the similar mess on Vancouver Island and the southern Gulf Islands, where more than 13,000 hydro customers are still without power. Several flights also cancelled at Victoria International Airport today. Parts of the Saanich Peninsula have been hit hard by these high winds, along with the communities to the west of Victoria, like Langford, Colwood and Souk. It's so bad out in Souk, Highway 14 in and out of Souk closed in both directions due to multiple trees and power lines going down. Hazardous and slippery road conditions on Souk Road uh, led to multiple crashes. On Friday, East Souk Road is also closed due to downed hydro lines and also debris from that storm. Well, let's uh, bring in our meteorologist, Yvonne Charles, who's got uh, details on more bad weather that's on the way, Yvonne. Yes, the storm that we saw today, look at some of the peak wind gusts. Most of them were through the early morning hours, but quite windy for the afternoon. We saw a peak gust out of Tawasson, just over 50 Abbotsford, over 90 kilometers per hour, and areas near Howe Sound over 100. Now, some of the peak wind gusts right at this hour, Abbotsford still up to 87 kilometers per hour, Saturna Island at 65, and out of Victoria at 54. And they are going to ease off, especially late this evening, but the next weather story that we are following and the next storm is developing just offshore. And this has the ingredients to bring the possibility for snow. A special weather statement has been issued. Eastern sections of the island, Victoria included within that. And stretching in towards Metro Vancouver is where we're seeing the potential or possibility for snow. And this will be developing for the afternoon and evening hours on our Sunday. Now, I will stress the ingredients are there. So there is the potential areas of, for the southern sections of the island, five and up to ten Centimeters. This is what one model is suggesting, and the lower mainland could see anywhere between zero to five. So you will need to stay tuned, especially through the morning hours. I'll have more coming up shortly. Sonia? All right, thank you very much for that, Yvonne. Well, parts of Washington and Oregon are already dealing with digging out from heavy snowfall. Uh, some areas around Seattle uh, receiving up to 25 centimeters, which is very rare for that region. Thousands are without power. About 200 flights have been cancelled at Seattle, Tacoma and Portland International Airports. Forecasters saying there is more snow on the way tomorrow and another possible storm next week.
A yacht moored at Vancouver Island Marina has sunk after being engulfed by flames. Sydney fire crews say the 50-foot vessel caught fire at around 2.30 this afternoon. This happened at the Port Sydney Marina. An estimated 20 firefighters were on hand to battle this blaze. Crews say it was difficult to fight due to those strong winds and volatile fuel and fiberglass. The yacht eventually went down. No one was on board. No one was hurt. Firefighters say a nearby boat was left with damage but not destroyed. The cause of the blaze is unknown as of yet. Langley RCMP are investigating a fire at a home on 56th Avenue. Well, you better keep watching. Are you sure we're okay? Wow, that's so That's freaking scary. Police have 56th Avenue from 246 and 240 Street blocked as they canvass that area. Fire crews were called to the scene around 3 o'clock this afternoon. Witnesses reported hearing a blast just before flames started shooting up. There are no injuries. The cause of this blaze has not been released at this time. BC's Supreme Court has granted the city of Maple Ridge an injunction that's going to allow the city to address a number of safety issues at a tent city. Anita's place sprung up a year and a half ago. Since that time, there have been six fires there. Nadia Stewart has the latest. The application was not to evict the camp, but the injunction granted Friday will give the city the power to go in and remove some materials. More specifically, the court order gives the city the authority to remove accelerants, electrical connections, and other materials that pose a fire safety risk on the site. They'll also be able to identify everyone living in the camp. In a statement released Friday, Maple Ridge Mayor Mike Morden welcomed the injunction, but said, quote, It greatly concerns me that the court did not specifically grant the city the authority to remove the wooden structures. We are grateful that we have been given the authority to address the other serious fire safety issues that are putting the camp occupants and neighborhood at risk. Those who call the camp home say the injunction is a step in the wrong direction. What we see is that the courts um, are now turning to normalize the homelessness crisis, basically treating it as a kind of status quo that's never going to go away, which then absolves the government of having to provide anything. Well, from an outreach standpoint, this, this camp was a hub of that. Now, that was one of the dreams. Now it seems that that's going to be kind of very precarious at this moment, right? Like with the, with the verification order as an example, um, there's a lot of people that are not going to be allowed, are potentially not allowed to come in here to help. The city says it will work with police and BC Housing to coordinate a plan to enforce the injunction. Supporters of the camp say they will be appealing this decision. Nadia Stork, Global News. A case of measles has been confirmed at Vancouver General Hospital. According to Vancouver Coastal Health, a patient was diagnosed with the highly contagious illness on Thursday. The medical health officer notified on Friday. Officials are not saying how the person ended up with measles or which public places were visited by that person because of privacy reasons. The advice, though, is if you notice any symptoms like a rash, do get in touch with your doctor as soon as possible. Washington state lawmakers are weighing bill that would ban parents from refusing to vaccinate their child. Hundreds took part in a rally in Olympia yesterday, voicing their concerns with the proposed law change. If this did get the pass, the bill would remove a parent's power to opt their children out of the measles vaccination for personal or philosophical reasons. This comes after 52 known measles cases were reported in Washington and four were confirmed in Oregon. 
Delta police are warning the public about an extortion scam targeting men and teenage boys. Officials say the scheme is coming out of the Philippines. Police say victims are contacted via social media and scammers then try to develop an online relationship with their targets. Delta police say they use messaging and video calls where they can exchange nude photographs. The scammer then threatens to post them online if they don't receive money. Officials say there have been at least three reports of people being targeted. A member of the Vancouver Park Board wants to see big changes at this year's 420 marijuana smoking. Newly elected NPA Commissioner Tricia Barker says she wants to see police enforce the law and stop cannabis sales at the so-called pot protest. She's also asking the board to consider a way to move the event away from Sunset Beach by 2020, which last year cost the city of Vancouver a quarter of a million dollars. But 420 organisers say there are no plans to move this event event this year or any year and there's no expectation that authorities are going to crack down on marijuana sales. Welcome back. Well, three people have been left dead and more than a dozen others injured after a fire ripped through an apartment building south of Montreal. The blaze broke out overnight while many of the residents were still sleeping. Powerful wind spread the fire quickly at this apartment building in Longueuil, Quebec early Saturday morning. Firefighters were called around 1 o'clock while many residents were fast asleep. We started the evacuation but could not reach the top floor, he said. The fire was too violent. The winds were so strong, water blew onto these cars a block away, now entombed in ice. Sébastien Lachance told Global News he arrived at his friend's house across the street around 1 to the sound of frantic cries for help. He said he looked up at a balcony and saw a woman with a child around 10 years old. He told them to jump. He said the boy jumped and that he cradled him in his arms. He didn't see the woman get out. When firefighters were able to search the building, they found several victims. We're talking about a couple, a woman and a man around 40 years old. And uh, the other victim was a woman. She was the, the mother of one of the other two victims. Some per- person are suffering from burns. Others uh, who have to understand that they jump from the balcony. Well after the sun came up, firefighters were still putting out hot spots and were forced to partially demolish the building. About 25 people are now homeless, including this couple, and this woman's brother and his kids. He's crying because uh, no paper, they don't know how to start. This woman said her grandchildren barely escaped. They have nothing but the clothes on their backs. Investigators have not determined a cause. It's a little bit hard because we cannot reach inside of the building. Police believe the fire may have been accidentally started by a person inside. Criminal negligence has not been ruled out. Dan Spector, Global News, Longueuil, Quebec. The young victims of a fire at a Brazilian soccer academy have been honoured at a candlelight memorial. Flames ripped through the dorms at the Flamingo Football Club Training Centre in Rio de Janeiro on Friday night. Ten teenage boys were killed, three others injured. All of the victims between the ages of 14 and 16. Last night, friends and colleagues gathered for a special mass mourning the loss of life. What caused the fire is still being investigated.
The nursing facility where an incapacitated patient was raped and became pregnant in Phoenix is shutting down the care unit where it happened. The owners of the Hacienda Healthcare have agreed to allow the state of Arizona to oversee operations. The decision comes just a day after officials announced Hacienda was closing its center for the intellectually disabled because keeping it open was, they said, not sustainable. Now that the facility has accepted voluntary regulation, which means more than three dozen patients will still be able to stay. In the meantime, the investigation into the sexual assault of the female patient is still ongoing. A nurse from Hacienda is facing charges in that case. The days of seeing Prince Philip behind the wheel are well and truly over. The 97-year-old royal has finally given up his driving licence. The Duke of Edinburgh hit the headlines recently when his Land Rover ended up on its side after hitting another car with two women and a baby inside, one of the women suffering from a broken arm. A statement from Buckingham Palace says, after careful consideration, the Duke of Edinburgh has taken the decision to voluntarily surrender his driving licence. Another big name now in the race to become U.S. president in 2020. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren has officially announced her candidacy at a rally today. In her speech, she took aim at the super rich, vowing to fight against the growing wealth gap and to keep corporate interests out of government. I'm not taking a single check from a federal lobbyist. taking applications from billionaires who want to run a super PAC on my behalf. And I challenge every other candidate who asks for your vote in this primary to say exactly the same thing. No, it should be an interesting race to watch when it happens. All right, Barry's here with all the sport. We would talk wins, first of all, because... Boy, it was windy, cold, and it's been horrible out there. Yeah, it's quite blustery. Uh, the chilly temperatures are going to continue if you're out and about, especially for the evening and the early morning hours on your Sunday. So a glance at some of the numbers and what we're seeing right now. These are the feels like, so the wind chills and what we're seeing already into the northeastern corners, dipping down into the minus 30s. We've still got that Arctic air that's entrenched right across the province. Areas near Kelowna will be into the minus 20s once again. Central interior, we can see minus 31 already for Prince George. Next weather story or big weather story that we're following, though, is your Sunday. If you do have travel plans, especially along the south coast, the ingredients are there that we could see the possibility for some snow. So I'll have more on that coming up very shortly. But you've been warned. Yeah, we just we, we need to repeat that again, don't we, Yvonne? The possibility of snow because so many people today. Are there. Yes, we've been uh, a lot of people have been saying, oh, you know, at least we didn't get snow. <laughs> Thank goodness we didn't get snow. We didn't know that we'd be hearing about it like it were potentially coming tomorrow. And that, the reason why that I say that is just because the system is offshore. So yeah. we're going to see how it develops, but uh, this will impact your Sunday afternoon and evening if we do see it. Yeah, somebody stole our snow shovel. No. Really? Yeah. I actually had to put extra glue in my toupee. It was so windy. I know. <laughs> this is looking very. I've had to. I'm going to lose it. But, uh, hey, big hockey game tonight <laughs> for uh, the Canucks. Back home again after, uh, it's been about almost three weeks since their last home game because of the All-Star break and their road trip. Taking on the Flames, so we'll hear from the Canucks uh, coming up. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back. Well, we are counting down to the variety show of hearts, which kicks off tomorrow morning here on Global BC. Our crew is down at the Molson Canadian Theatre at the Hard Rock Casino, getting ready for the big show. And uh, let's throw it over now to Andrea and Jay Durant. Well, the excitement is really building down here as we get ready for, can you believe it, Jay, 50 years of celebrating variety. I mean, time has flown. I grew up watching this telethon. Yeah, a lot of us have, and the talent this year is as good as any, if not better than I've seen. We have a number of great bands, Delhi to Dublin, um, Jill Barber, just to name a couple of the musical acts. The Heels. The Heels. And Star Trek royalty, George Takei, is here. And I don't know if you know this, but Sophie Louis is actually a huge uh, Star Trek fan. She actually has a shirt uh, that's freshly pressed for her performance tomorrow. So she's very excited to put it on, I'm sure. It's true. You're not joking because I saw it in the makeup yeah, room. Right. So stay tuned for that. Of course, Chris Galis will be down here along with CKNW's Linda Steele and Fox's Karen Kunkun and the family and the children uh, that Variety has helped through the years. They'll be sharing their amazing stories. So we hope that you can join us. Pick up the phone, call 310-KIDS, or you can text uh, kids. That way you'll make an automatic $20 donation. Of course, you can go online to variety.bc.ca. But it all kicks off tomorrow, starting at 9.30 in the morning, and will run all day until 5.30. Of course, we hope you can join us, and the money stays in BC to help our kids here in this province. Thank you very much, guys. Looking fabulous. And yeah, don't forget, as, uh, as Anne and Jay said, you can join us for the 53rd Annual Variety Show of Hearts. Starts tomorrow uh, from 9.30, goes all the way through to 5.30 in the afternoon, right here on Global BC. Hopefully, we'll be raising lots of money. In health matters, scientists are developing a pill that can de deliver insulin shots from inside the stomach. Researchers say the pea-sized pill is a more effective way of injecting the dry into a patient's body. Patients uh, usually prefer to deliver this with a needle, but much of the insulin can't survive the harsh trip through the digestive system. Scientists say the pill would bypass those hazards, injecting more insulin into the body. It has only been tested on animals. Researchers hope human testing can start in three years. Welcome back. Now, it has been a long, drawn-out process, but the city of Kelowna is finally making some headway in approving recreational cannabis stores. As Kelly Hayes reports, while some applicants have come out as winners, other businesses are being pushed out as pot shops move into the city. Kelowna has been without cannabis dispensaries for several months now. As the date for legalization approached last fall, the city of Kelowna began shutting down the illegal dispensaries one at a time. But the city is moving forward on the dispensary front, giving preliminary approval to 15 locations dispersed all over the city, including this location in downtown Kelowna, where there's a hint that something will be opening soon. Another potential site is this building on St. Paul Street, currently a French restaurant owned by Jeff Holman, who rents the place. He says the dispensary owner has offered the landlord twice as much as what he's paying in rent, so he has to find another place, which he admits is not going to be easy. I was looking for another spot downtown, but anything I look at has got no parking. It was a pretty intense moment for me. 
Another candidate who made the list is Chris Gayford. He owns Mary Jane headquarters on Rutland Road South in Kelowna. Because of nearby competition, his application moved forward through the lottery system. They were all assigned numbers, little wooden balls, and they put, it, they put each lottery into a bingo machine, rolled it around, and first number to pop out was the winner, uh, the winner being the, the business that got to move forward through the council process in uh, rezoning. Uh, first, and uh, yeah, my number popped out. Gayford and the 14 other candidates still have their work cut out for them. Council still has to approve their rezoning application, and they still need approval from the provincial government. But Gayford says he's on a roll. Uh, you know what I did last night? I, I, I felt I, was, uh, I, was, I had luck with me, so I went to the roulette table and threw 100 bucks down on black. And? <laughs> and I won. <laughs> Kelly Hayes, Global News, Kelowna. Whistleblowers NBC say they believe money laundering in government-regulated casinos was deliberately being allowed and could have been stopped. We're estimating $2 billion of dirty cash has flowed through Lottery Corp casinos. Calls for a public inquiry from British Columbians are now getting stronger. Before we find out whether the government gives in to that public pressure, here's our John Wah with a timeline of how we got to this point. Over many years, criminal organizations have turned British Columbia into a laundromat for their dirty cash. Turning back the wheel of time, it was only recently when the problem was finally taken seriously and we earned a dubious distinction around the world. Far too many officials and uh, you know, law enforcement for the most part have had their heads in the sand. It's been dubbed the Vancouver model, fentanyl real estate and casinos. A triad used in a massive money laundering operation. International agencies uh, apparently knew more about this uh, than British Columbia's government. A few months later, the German report. The combined effect of years of denial, alternate hypotheses and acrimony between entities made for a perfect storm. A damning look at how a systemic failure allowed criminal organizations to clean their money in BC casinos. A few weeks later, a bombshell Global News exclusive. Criminal activity was running amok. It was no secret to government. The former commander of the RCMP Illegal Gaming Task Force, now a whistleblower on what he called willful blindness. I believe the BC Liberals were enablers in the flow of dirty cash for years and years into our uh, casinos. In the same month, a second whistleblower account. This time, a former security manager speaking out about suspicious activity during a casino cruise venture on the South China Sea. We did something 15 years ago, but I mean, those red flags were raised there. In August, the focus then flipped towards money laundering investigator Peter German. Global News learned he sits on the same Richmond Oval board as great Canadian gaming executive Walter Sue, but German denied any conflict of interest. I know Walter Sue, but I did not interview him for the report. Again, I, I wasn't looking for, it wasn't a fault-finding exercise. A month later, a global news investigation led reporter Sam Cooper outside Canadian Senate chambers. You're a director of compliance with Great Canadian Gaming. Can you tell us about any comments about the money laundering that's occurred at River Rock Casino? I have no idea what you're talking about. Senator Larry Campbell, still on the casino operator's board in peril, asked to comment on how German's report concluded that BC casinos had unwittingly allowed money laundering to occur. Great Canadian stating it proactively worked with law enforcement to combat suspected crime, as noted in the German report. There's serious questions about uh, what they were doing internally and uh, questions about whether the directors 
the executives and the corporation itself are liable for, for these activities. In November, for the first time, a number that connects money laundering to Metro Vancouver real estate. And when you add up the real estate sales, possibly tied to dirty money, you get a total of upwards of a billion dollars in just one year. The staggering picture from a police intelligence study never released to the public. Really the role of dirty money as being a type of financial fentanyl. Then an exclusive and explosive expose. This is the dominant Asian organized crime syndicate in Canada. They're involved in many schemes around the world, not only drug trafficking, but human smuggling, prostitution, and casino money laundering. Another investigation calling out the alleged fentanyl kingpins. I'm pissed off to be completely honest. Um, our province is being sold out. Our people are being sold out. The new year kicking off with BC's largest criminal money laundering case falling apart. Now Global News has learned through a review of court filings and interviews with sources familiar with the case that the federal prosecution may have accidentally revealed the identity of a police informant. The state charges adding to the frustration of BC's Attorney General over a lack of support and cooperation from its federal counterparts. That's why we're pressuring the federal, federal government. Is it a matter of resources? Is it a matter of training? Then allegations that a well-known band suspected loan shark somehow still got plenty of cash onto the casino floor. We contacted uh, Great Canadian Gaming's management and asked. The, the casino says that they reported this, they work with police. Great Canadian insisting it has no knowledge of employees ever accepting cash from banned customers and always complies with the laws and regulation. The reaction to each report, the hope of every whistleblower is for the government to call a public inquiry that will lead to some accountability and more importantly, the truth. And if you want to catch the special we did this week on money laundering where we speak to investigative journalist Sam Cooper from Global News about his work, don't forget to watch BC One tomorrow at 11.30 and a repeat in the afternoon. Just look up Focus BC and catch that there. All right, let's throw it over to Yvonne for a look at the weather and it's been a tough day for a lot of people today. Yes, we've seen the winds ramp up, especially along the southern half of the province. They'll ease off, especially late this evening. It'll be a very different weather picture for tomorrow and I'll have more on that in just a moment. Here's a glance and a shot of what we're seeing right now overlooking BC Place and Science World. Temperatures sitting at the freezing mark. We've got a southeasterly wind out of the airport, much calmer now, sitting at 11 kilometers per hour. Here's the current winds and what we're seeing out of Tawasin sustained at 33 and gusts of up to 46 kilometers per hour. Still very windy for areas near Abbotsford, sustained closer to 60 and gusts of up to 87 areas near Victoria right now, seeing a gust of up to 54 kilometers per hour. Temperatures into the minus 20s. Current temperatures for Kamloops even sitting at minus 12. Whistler right now at minus 9, but you factor in the wind chill. We are seeing temperatures into the minus 30 once again, or 40s for the interior sections. And with the Arctic outflow, we are going to see it into the minus 20 <coughs> for many areas along the coast. Here's the next weather story that we're following. And this next system is developing offshore. It has the ingredients. As it pushes its way in, it could potentially sink its way further towards the south. As we put the future cast into play, but we could see a brush of snow tomorrow developing for the afternoon and evening and along the island. It could see higher amounts southern sections with the special weather statement anywhere between 5 and possibly up to 10 centimeters of snowfall. So there's a special weather statement once again. The ingredients are there. Southern sections of the island could see higher amounts, lesser amounts across the lower mainland, a range between 0 and up to 5 centimeters and higher amounts could be for southern sections, especially for areas near White Rock tomorrow 
with that range between 5 and up to 10 centimeters. Here's the Arctic outflow warning. Areas that are in purple, wind chills into the minus 20s. That stretches in towards the Fraser Valley once again. For the piece tomorrow, wind chills will start off at minus 32 and through the afternoon at minus 21. Whitehorse sunny and dry, morning hours closer to minus 30 with the wind chill. Along the north coast tomorrow, the winds will ramp up 30, a few spots near the water, up to 70 kilometers per hour. Caribou and central interior, minus 35 for the morning hours and then minus 23 for the afternoon. Columbia and Kootenai region will start to see an increase in cloud cover, slight chance to see an isolated flurry late in the day and the tops and oak and towards the evening hours, there is a chance of flurries for tomorrow and then dry once again on your Monday. Whistler up to minus 10, but for the morning hours, minus 27 with the wind chill, minus 13 for the afternoon. And along the island, especially southern sections, we're keeping a close eye, so stay tuned, especially through the morning hours, is when we could see the potential for some snowfall developing by the afternoon and evening hours. Five-day forecast, we've got a few breaks in the cloud, but more cloud Free breaks in the cloud. We will see the chance for some flurries or snowfall afternoon and evening. Very chilly for the morning at minus 13. Chance of flurries once again on our Monday and drier with some sunshine for both our Tuesday, Wednesday. Sonia? Oh, yikes. Just when we thought we'd got away with it. Thank you very much for that, Yvonne. Okay, lots of sport to uh, talk about with Barry. And mm-hmm. uh, good news for Canucks fans, kind of. Well, they're, they're back in town. They're still Which in the race. Good. There's yeah. lots going on. Yeah, it's gonna. it'll be kind of a fun spring for the first time in a while. Thank you so much, Sonia. The uh, Canucks are back home at long last with the All-Star break and their road trip. It's been uh, 17 days since they skated at Rogers Arena, but they will be there tonight against the first place Calgary Flames. The Flames will definitely be in the playoffs this year. The Canucks are just on the edge right now. And considering we're two-thirds through the season, not many expected Vancouver would be in this position uh, this late in the season. There's a lot of question marks at the start of the year uh, where this team was going to be at. Um, and we had openly stated from the beginning of the year it's about moving in the right direction, developing and uh, being faster, harder to play against, and, and hopefully playing some meaningful games down the stretch. And, uh, you know, give our guys credit. They've played hard. They've bought in. They've played fast. Uh, I think some of our young guys have developed, and uh, that's why we're where we're at. I think everyone stepped up. Uh, you know, it was huge last last game to see uh, Bulldogs score a goal like that. That was an, that was nice to see. Uh, I mean, but I feel like everyone's stepping up, and for the most part, we're playing pretty good on the back end, uh, which which helps the good clean breakouts and you know helps uh, contribute offensively for our, uh, to give it up to our forwards. I guess it is time to scoreboard watch because uh, the Canucks are in a big race. Not good news today. The uh, Blues and Wild both won. Both teams are ahead of Vancouver, so now the Canucks are two points behind the Blues with uh, two games more played than St. Louis. Meanwhile, going on right now, Oilers and Sharks from Edmonton. Edmonton on a one-game win streak, but it didn't last long. Sharks uh, looking like a dominant team in the West right now. 20 wins, six losses, two draws in their last 28 after a slow start. Kevin LeBanc, LeBanc's one off an Euler D-man. Then Evander Kane with his 24th, on pace for 35, which would be a career high, 2-0 San Jose. Second period, LeBanc, nice little fake, and then rakes it. Top shelf on Cam Talbot, 3-0 Sharks. Oilers, not a lot to cheer about tonight, although Sharks are a very good team. They beat the Flames in Calgary. There's a goal for Ryan Nugent Hopkins to make it 3-1. But Oilers get no closer. LeBanc with his first career hat trick, 5-2. San Jose 
has just beaten Edmonton. Meanwhile, Leafs and Habs, Canadians rolling right now with a chance to pass the Leafs into second in the Atlantic Division with a win. Early second, 2-1 Toronto until Thomas Tatar on the rush. Snaps it past Freddie Anderson, 2-2. Third period, though. Canadians will take the lead. Max Domi sets up Brendan Gallagher. Now Anderson kicked off the net as it was going in, but the goal stood as it should have because Anderson kicked that net off on his own. Number 22 for Gallagher. 3-2 halves, but the Leafs answer. William Nylander, is he finally starting to heat up? 3-3, very late in the third. Good hockey game in Montreal. Langley Riverman defenseman Alec Capstick has fashioned a comeback story that has inspired not only his teammates, but the entire BCHL. A couple of years ago, Capstick was forced to walk away from the game due to an illness doctors had misdiagnosed. But Jay Janauer is happy to report tonight Capstick is back playing hockey and his future is as bright as ever. Alec Capstick could very well be the BC Hockey League's story of the year. The soon-to-be 20-year-old defenseman authoring a comeback nobody expected to happen. Two years ago, just prior to the start of the upcoming season, hockey suddenly became the furthest thing from the Langley Riverman defenseman's mind. We uh, just got through training camp and, you know, we're in the first week of practice and, uh, you know, he just came up and said, Coach, you know, I, I don't feel right. I, and I was like, kind of like, well, what do you mean? He goes, I just I feel off. Like, you know, my, my vision's kind of blurry. I feel off balance and, uh, you know, I, I'm having trouble with my peripheral. And, uh, you know, I, you know we, we didn't really know what to make of it. The problem was nobody knew what to make of it. Capstick was coming off of a solid rookie campaign and big things were expected of the then 17-year-old. He was already being touted as a mid-round NHL draft pick, but one game into the season and after trying to play through it, Capstick's condition wasn't getting better. His season was over before it even started with the worst yet to come. My eyes were just gone, um, super blurry vision. My arms and hands were all numb. My immune system was absolutely mangled. Yeah, I was just, I was always out of it. It felt like just woozy and it was, it was, it was not, not a fun time at all. So instead of lacing up his skates and being in the dressing room with his teammates, Capstick missed a full year of hockey. The teenager and his family crisscrossing North America in search of medical answers for what was initially diagnosed as post-concussion syndrome. Countless doctors, I think maybe around maybe 20 doctors, 20 different people, um, all with different uh, misdiagnoses, um, and everyone was kept blaming like the concussion aspect of it. And so we just kept, we kept, you know, getting second opinions and so on, and ended up finally getting to the result. We came out of the doctor's office down in Dallas, Texas, sir, and. Um, you know, the doctor said I'd never play again, and at that point, you know, that's the only thing I've done for the last 18 years or so, and, you know, it was kind of the only thing I, I knew at that point, and, um, you know, so at, at that point, I'm just devastated, and, you know, I'm bawling my eyes out. We ended up calling it the EBV virus, EBV, um, Epstein-Barr virus, and um, so it basically mangles your immune system and nervous system. Alex spent the next 12 months flushing out his immune system. He also had to reprogram his body. Eye movement, limb function, second nature kind of stuff. But it all needed to be learned again, which brings us to the present. Capstick is 100% healthy and once again a force for the Langley Rivermen. His hard work paying off in the form of a full-ride NCAA scholarship. How's that for a comeback? Have you seen a story like this before? No, I've, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, uh, 
I mean, I, I think back to the, the day that we, we told the team, I mean, you know, we, we stood up in front of the room with the guys and I mean, there, there wasn't a, a dry eyeball in there. And um, I mean, we went as far as the guy, the guys hung his jersey in the room, you know, so it's, uh, it's just pretty cool to see it come full circle. Does hockey mean more to you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's definitely more meaningful. And the fact that I had to, you know, I almost had to start over. Really, it's I, I. It just really feels like I earned this one for sure. Yeah. Welcome back. The Raptors have decided to go all in this year, acquiring big man Marcus Saul from the Grizzlies earlier this week, giving up three very good players in return: Jonas Valanciunas, Delon Wright, and C.J. Miles. But alongside Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry, the Raptors feel with Gasol they now have the artillery to go all the way to the NBA Finals for the first time in their history. Gasol making his Raptor debut tonight at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. First time off the bench for him since 2008. He'd made 740 straight starts. Got some nice touch here. Four points in the first half for the big man. Kyle Lowry late in the half gets the nice bounce from 30 feet. Raptors 46-42 at the half, and right now they lead it by the score of 94-90 late in the fourth. Third round from Pebble Beach. It's a 54-hole cut because they use three courses in the Monterey Peninsula. Wayne Gretzky playing with his son-in-law, Dustin Johnson. Great one, loves the big stage, makes the birdie there. Englishman Paul Casey has surged out to the lead, 5-under-67 today at Spyglass Hill. He's uh, got the lead at 15-under. Phil Mickelson in contention, playing his third round at Pebble from 238. Phil, second shot on the par 5. How is that? To four feet, he would make the eagle. He's in second at 12-under. Adam Hadwin, low round of the day, 65, shoots up to 14th at minus 8. Nick Taylor also made the cut at minus 5. Vancouver Warriors on the road in search of their third win of the season. Last night, taking on the expansion San Diego Seals. How about this goal by Jordan McBride behind the back? Should get extra for style points on that one. Great goal by McBride. Warriors played their best game of the year. Keegan Bell had the double hat trick, six goals. The sock trick, they call it. He had four assists as well, a 10-point night. 14-6, Warriors win. They sit fourth in the West at 3-6. and six. They return home next Saturday to play the Saskatchewan Rush. Here's a look at your snow report for today. Whistler Blackcomb with a base of 245, Grouse 243, Cypress with one new centimeter and Sasquatch 4. Revelstoke with a base of 208, two new centimeters for Fernie, five for Manning Park, Whitewater with a base of 207. Big White and Silver Star, three new centimeters of snow, Sun Peaks with a base of 158. Kicking Horse with two new centimeters, Mount Washington 6, Powder King with a base of 257. <laughs> All right, now one of the world's biggest sneaker conventions has come to Vancouver for the first time. Uh, Sneakerheads getting a chance to get their hands on thousands of sought-after pairs of shoes at SneakerCon at the Vancouver Convention Centre today. The seven-hour event sees vendors, sellers, collectors and buyers uh, trading around some coveted kicks, including Air Jordans and Yeezys. We know what those are, don't we, Barry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Organisers bill it as the greatest sneaker show on earth. SneakerCon has been a huge hit across the U.S. as well as in Toronto and Montreal. And maybe now you can't even find a brand new pair, and he'll he'll sell a pair of beaters for you know 50 to 100 bucks. He'll take what he can get. 
Uh, and then you got, you know, stuff that goes for retail. You know, there's a bunch of guys that buy stuff in like the outlets and then they'll sell it for like the retail price. So that stuff is pretty decent to buy. And then you got the high, you know, highly collectible items. Retail might have been two to three hundred dollars on that shoe. And now they go upwards of five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and a big shout out to Adima who works here, who was walking around on Friday with their sneakers for three thousand dollars. I still have crazy. to see them. Yeah. Yeah, I have yet to see them. Maybe we can white. touch them. Dima's very yeah, exactly. fashionable, so I trust very they're pretty good. <laughs> uh, all right, weather-wise, uh, stand by. There's more bad weather possibly on the way. Another storm for tomorrow could give us the potential or a possibility for some snow. Southern sections of the island could see higher amounts. So tune in tomorrow morning. Cash will have your forecast, and then we'll follow it throughout the day tomorrow. Thanks, Yvonne. Thank you very much for watching. Good night. Good night.